So I think the Mockingbirds set a record on ridiculousness and mental thievery and division to be joined at the hip by people like Eric Solwell. I think it was a record for how quickly they did everything but investigate or even involve themselves or even pretend to or bother to care in the least about the fact that the moment we heard about the murders in Texas, all of us, we already knew the killer. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Speaking of the times, I was way today after murders like this. First of all, to collect my thoughts. And to put efforts into prayer. Yeah, I know. The left hates thoughts and prayers. And to be honest, to release my own venom at the people who instantly, of course, are blaming your inanimate objects and my inanimate objects. And the game, the sick game that Eric Solwell loves to parade around his three-year-old kid because his three-year-old kid is philosopher, philosopher king, and constantly asking dad questions that 30-year-olds ask. Eric Solwell, you remember him? He was apparently sleeping with a Chinese communist spy while he was on the intelligence committee and still is on the intelligence committee. So I guess, truth be told, I also engaged this morning in Twitter and, and going and saying, oh, well, hey, let's ban scissors. Because, of course, it's ridiculous. All of it's ridiculous. All of the blaming of the inanimate objects is ridiculous. All of it is. You know, and this happens uh, down in the Lone Star State. And, yeah, I, when things like this happen, I, I, I don't know anyone in that town. But when they happen in towns like Buffalo, I know people in Buffalo. And maybe like you, I said, no, I hope everybody's okay. I thought about our partners at Soda Weight Loss. You know, they're a Texas company. And I thought about uh, the friends or the kids of people who work at Soda. And that's, I think, natural. What's, um, what is maybe less natural is that you already know the killer. We already know the killer. Well, we didn't need a lot of information on the killer because we know him. And the, the details will come out. They always do. They always tend to go back to the, the same direction. And that direction is, well, it's, it's a template. I wrote this the day of the shooting. Texas murderer. We already know him. We know he will have been mentally ill, known to act out in violence, probably someone of whom the, quote, authorities were aware. He was lonely. He felt isolated, had trouble relating and creating strong bonds. In all probability, Big Pharma had him addicted. I'm betting on Adderall, perhaps. Uh, and this is completely speculative. Uh, just based upon some photos I've seen, some of which are completely um, unconfirmed. Uh, but if he was shooting up with estrogen, that makes young men, it makes all men really violent. It doesn't make all men. It makes many, many men really, really violent. Um, none of this, of course, absolves him of the blame for deciding to murder people, I wrote. But the predictability of it communicates yet another pattern we can recognize and a common foe we must confront. Heavy.com has some five facts we need to know about the shooter. He was bullied, of course. 
Um, he apparently spoke with the lisp, this according to heavy.com, and chose to wear eyeliner and was bullied. Of course. He shot his grandmother first, meaning he had an insane hatred or snapped. I'm betting on insane hatred. He apparently, according to heavy.com, did not graduate. We don't say people's names, mass murderers' names that go and do these things because sometimes that's what they want. I've had that, that as a policy for almost a decade. But at the core of this, uh, I always wonder, did anyone ever go to him and try a course correction? Are we going to hear about a father? Uh, are we going to hear about strong male role models? Uh, are we going to hear about a connection to a church body? To a neighborhood or a church family that can help hold young people to account if there is no father in the home? Are we going to hear about the signs? Because heavy.com has his Instagram, which of course is instantly banned because why should people be allowed to know about the Instagram? Why should journalists or, or the public be allowed to see the, the Instagram photos? Okay, maybe it's they don't want copycats. Well, too late. Uh, the, the Hollywood Silicon Valley concordance, the, the video games is movies, they're, they're already creating the fetish. And that doesn't absolve him of his murders. But I am profoundly impressed at how quickly we watched the game play out this time. It was within minutes. <laughs> it was within minutes that we got a, a bit of advice from an absolute CNN machine. Um, this is a former DSA, DHS official, Department of Homeland Security official, Juliet Kayum. And this is, this is as there's barely any information about the shooting. And she went on CNN, and this is what she chose to make the priority of the federal government at that time, this one single thing. From an investigation standpoint, I'm going to do what the facts uh, tell me now. So I've got demographics, first of all, an 80% Hispanic school district. So the most important thing for the federal government to do right now is to say there will be no immigration enforcement during this period in that er area. It, is, it has a large immigration population. You want parents with their kids. You don't want people hiding right now. And we need to make that clear ASAP because of the political issues in Texas. Right. That's the single most important thing is to open the border. That's, that's nothing, nothing outranks that. And we're not going to be told, and as I'm recording this, perhaps someone's found out immigration status. And, and it was just so impressive at how quickly this turned and how, how quickly those words came out. The, the priority. Well, wait, no. First of all, the federal government should have very little to do with this. The hapless FBI is very, very busy fixing the January 6th trial and and trying to, to impeach Trump post-presidency. They're super busy on those fronts. They don't have time to go solve crime. Secondly, it's a state shooting, and I trust the Texas state cops and, and Texas Rangers far more than I trust the feds. But that's minutia. It is minutia. But man, the enemy loves to run us around in these times. I was so, so impressed with how very quickly blue checks on Twitter turned to trying to make this a Fox News thing. We're, we're really very, very used to this pattern. Well, Garrett, look at the way the right tried to weaponize the idea that the, Depart the DHS was going to essentially try and attempt to, to monitor hateful rhetoric, right? right. They, they want to make it seem as if it's some sort of big brother. And it's like, 
This is always what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement by saying, hey, free speech. Don't touch speech. Uh, That was in the wake of Buffalo. Yeah, that's our concern with the truth minister when she, in fact, said my job is to figure out what's disinformation. When she, in fact, said it's disinformation to say men are men. It's disinformation to call women names. It's rude and it's ungodly, but it's not disinformation. When she made it very, very clear that she wants to edit people's Twitter streams, her own self and all the fancy blue checks so they can add context. She said the things. But yes, yes, yes. Monitoring hateful rhetoric. Yes, yes. That's the Republicans' fault that that's not monitored. The Adam Lanza broke my own rule of not saying their names shooting in Florida. We, we know hateful rhetoric. He said, as I recall, I'm going to shoot the school up. Everybody at that school said, if anyone's going to shoot the school up, it's him. Every teacher, when that was going on, was saying, oh, I bet it's that kid. The cops were at his house 64 times or something. And he was as, as, as calculating as you can be. I've watched his um, interrogation video. It's very, very interesting because it really looks like he's trying, he was trying to act insane. Well, you cannot be sane and turn and go do shootings like this or murders like this, just, you know, with whatever inanimate object you use, be it a fertilizer bomb, um, gasoline bomb has happened in a massive school massacre many, many years ago, um, a car You can't be in your right mind. You might not be psychotic. You might not be having breaks with reality, but you have been broken. But yeah, I was very, so we're used to that sort of blame, but I was very, very impressed as to how quickly a former so-called journalist for a so-called journalism outfit, Deadspin, named Timothy Burke. Oh, he's a board member at places and Oh, he's, he, he works in theater. And look at this. He's a, oh, Scripps Journalism School. And he's a big old rescue foster dad. Scripps School alumnus. Very impressed by how quickly he edited this video from Fox, from Fox News. And wrote this on, on, on Twitter about a video that he obviously edited. You, you hear it in a second. This is what he tweeted. Took about two minutes to repeat an unverified rumor on air that it was some sort of border patrol chase. So he is accusing Fox of merchandising rumors. Here's what he presented on Twitter. Full stop. This is it. About a chase. There were rumors that were flying around that this was some sort of border patrol chase. I have not heard anything about a chase. That's it. And with that, he indicted the reporters at Fox. But but here, though, is the actual report. And again, th- this was happening as the investigation went on. This was happening as there were perhaps young people fighting for their lives, children and teachers fighting for their lives. And this guy was putting this out. Arthur Schwartz, who is an author and, and a pretty good guy, blue check on Twitter, um, wrote back, here's the full clip, liar. Malugin was not repeating an unverified rumor. He was expressing doubt about an unverified rumor. Bill, it's, it's, it's Judge Janine. You say that he left, he abandoned a vehicle, and he, then he ended up running into the school. That, but there was no chase that preceded this, correct? We are not hearing anything about a chase. There were rumors that were flying around that this was some sort of border patrol chase. I have not heard anything of the sort. I have not confirmed any of that information. I have no reason to believe any of that. Those rumors are credible at this moment. Does that sound like merchandising rumors? Or does it sound like an aware newsroom who is aware that people said it was an immigration chase? And Judge Janine doing her job to ask the reporter on the scene, is there any truth to this? And then, and then the reporter on the scene for Fox News, not only saying there's no, no, uh, no connection. I've heard nothing of this. 
So they actually took the rumor that that blue check was pointing to and they, they said it's not true. But within minutes. Now, aware of my own challenges, and I hope we all are, you have to be sick and deeply, deeply malignant of mind to decide to edit, and that's, that's hardly the whole report. The whole report's about three minutes long. To decide to edit a three-minute to five-minute report, in fact, it was live reporting, but that segment, into a seven or eight-second soundbite and say, here's what Fox did. that it matters so much that the network you hate caused this, that if there's not enough supply of evidence and there's not, you manufacture the evidence and then you anger yourself about the evidence. That guy, the, 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 the dead spin clown, pardon me, the, the, the dead skin guy, dead spin guy, he didn't go out and kill people. He didn't murder people, but it's only a degree of separation, several degrees, thank the Lord, of separation from the murderer himself, he, who apparently didn't graduate, apparently was bitter about not graduating, and was apparently, in my judgment, absolutely deeply in inarguably mentally ill. Nowhere in any initial coverage did I hear a question about mental health. Because we're not to talk about that in a nation where mental health has been utterly decimated. And this being utterly decimated. And to me, there's many things that lay at the heart of this. Number one is a sin problem. Number one is, did anyone ever go to this young man when he was a boy and tell him of his father in heaven? And probably... Most people hear about God and we hear Jesus' name, but did anyone ever sit down with him and, and talk about, if you're not loved by your earthly father, your heavenly father loves you perfectly and completely. And, and that's not going to solve anything, by the way. That doesn't make anything better. Just so more clear. Knowing God, knowing Jesus, that doesn't release you from pain and challenge. Far from it. Sometimes it increases it but it invites you with an opportunity into a community. I don't hear any discussion here about what was his community? And I know that teachers can be very busy and also very jaded. And some of them are very loving and some of them are very cynical. But when there's a boy who's being bullied, is there any effort? And I want to hear about the effort because if the effort happened, it should be told. Did anyone go to the young man and say, hey, I'm, I'm really worried about you. This isn't hard. This, that's not a hard thing to do. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. But these aren't the questions that get asked. It was all about, oh, the, the, the NRA, they did it. The NRA did it. Trump did it. The guns locked up in my personal safe, my Northwest safe did it. My Liberty safe from Northwest safe. They did it. That's what they did. It was the guns. The scissors jammed into the back of the heads of nine-month-old babies do not do the murder. They are the tool. And we're not going to hear about the prescriptions. That had to be drug out. And it's always has to be drug out. When these cases go to trial, it has to be extracted and scraped. Was he on psychotropics? I'm betting he was. Do most people on psychotropics commit murder? No, they do not. But when they are left alone on them and those psychotropics are not tracked and you don't constantly and consistently see a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, because many of them will just prescribe more drugs, not all of them. I want those questions asked, don't you? 
in a healthy investigation, we'd be asking these questions. Do you know that the CDC, and there's a link in the show notes if, if it seems unbelievable, the CDC itself actually says that, that being isolated away from your friends can cause you to go whack, to, be, to become insane. It's, it's the CDC. And we'll get into this in detail as we roll along through the program about the mental health effects and how mental health is being just decimated, just decimated in this country particularly amongst young people his age. And some of it is being purposely done. Purposely, mental health is being made worse on purpose. And hey, if you're one, I've been looking at, there's this really interesting phenomena about the show that I've been noticing. There's a a great number of, of serious blue check level conservative media people who listen to this podcast. And I'm absolutely grateful for that. And some of them have bigger audiences. And I would name names, but it's, it's not my business to go out and say, Hey, guess who's listening to this? I bring this up only because can we as conservatives get together on something? We can be, and are in fact the pro mental health party. We're the ones who talk about God and say, having your head in the game in church and being connected with, um, with the vine that not only has the effect on your eternity, but it also gives you better mental health across the board. We're, we're pro mental health. We're the ones saying, no, you are responsible for yourself. It's the Democrats saying, no, you're an infant unless we kill you. In that case, you're just a clump of cells. But no, we, 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 can't, we can't even get together on this front. There's no response. Instantly asking these questions. It's, it's all about the utter sickness. And it goes back to me to a sin problem. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 10-5, through 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take, um, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And then this, and this one makes me so sad in relation to the victims who never again will on this earth break bread with their families. And I am heartbroken for the parents. I would be enraged. I would be in a state of utter rage. I would have to be held back. And and, and may God comfort them. Acts 2, verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Was this young man breaking bread with anybody? Because it's really legitimately not that hard to reach out to kids who are hurting. And listen, this isn't about absolving him. The people who are truly hurting right now, who are broken, are the parents and the families and those who have been shot and lives are changed forever. And the first responders who had to wade through blood and screaming children. I'm, I'm, I'm altogether clear on where the hurt lands, but I'd like to see less of it. The people at Bulwark Capital Management um, will we'll talk with you about retirement. And this is a litmus test because this, this, this is it. Like, if I came to you and said, hey, um, are you ready to retire? You might say, yeah, absolutely. We've got this much liquid and, and we're going to live on this percentage and, and we'll turn this over into, you know, tap social security at this age. And I've got, and if that's you, sweet. Let me just ask you this question. How is that all invested? Is it in the 60, 40 stock bond mix? Well, do you think that applies anymore? Given the 0% interest rates and the, and the Fed continuing to pump sugar highs into the economy and the, the people of the Great Reset saying, why don't we just burn it down? Why don't we just blow it up? 
And the people at Davos, like we talked about earlier on the uh, in this week, I think yesterday in the program, <clears throat> admitting that they're causing economic pain, but it will be worth it. Or a president who is telling us to celebrate high gas prices because it's part of a beautiful transformation, you know, like the Great Society, things like that. Um, our friend Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management says that the 60-40 stock bond mix we were all taught simply doesn't apply anymore. Bulwark Capital Management is all about risk management. So you're ready to retire. Awesome. What happens when your portfolio takes a 60% hit? The risk management focus, the zealous focus of Bulwark Capital Management means that they pay more attention than most firms to, hey, let's start with, let's not put a hole in the lifeboat. It starts there. Certainly they want gains. We all want gains. But you've heard them on the program every Friday. Bulwark Capital Management is an active, active manager of people's money. Zach himself sees it as stewarding God's money that God has loaned you. So yeah, they'll talk with you about this right now. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given at the client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. I want these questions answered and they should be on the tip of our tongue. I was at church the other day late and our event, we have a prayer group um, and our prayer group is in the building at the same time as there is a middle school um, meetup. And there's always, I don't know, a couple hundred middle school kids there. Number one, our church has unbelievably good security with a whole bunch of armed people always in radio contact. So in a, in a, in a, material sense, I feel very safe for the kids. Um, in a spiritual sense, oh, the enemy's always on the march. And, and of course, there are kids who come in, in with the either intent or the uh, decision or the, the thrill of trying to shake things up spiritually and draw other kids away from the Lord and, and to introduce into this, you know, sexual activity and drug activity. And they monitor for that. And look, that's to be expected with, with kids. It's also to be expected from the enemy because he wants to be in arenas like this, causing these problems. We'll talk later next week about the Southern Baptist convention and what's gone on there. And how the media treats that is, oh, well, here's the Baptist and they have a sex problem, but they, oh yeah, but they tell us not to have sex problems. Oh, see, this is why Christianity doesn't work. So we're in the prayer group and I was walking out and there was a young girl. Um, she was set far apart from her peers. Um, <laughs> indicative of our modern society, she didn't have her phone out. She was just seated on the ground and her head was down and her, her fists were clenched. And I was walking by and I just felt like, nah, that's not, that's not right. And I, I went back to her and I stood back. So, you know, far enough back, not a physical threat or anything like that. I said, hi, I, I'm feeling worried about you. And she looked up and she said, oh, I'm okay. And I said, yeah, but really, really, how are you? And she said, I don't know anybody here. And my mom made me come. I said, oh, man, <laughs> that's, that's really hard. She made you come? Yeah. Wow. Do you want to know anyone here? No? Okay. I feel really worried about you sitting out here on your own. And I wonder, would it be okay if I introduced you to one of the, uh, one of the ladies in there who helps manage things? She's not a kid. She's not a teen. Maybe just to, just so that you at least know someone here, just someone, because I guarantee she's too old to judge. She can barely see. She can barely see. She laughed. I said, no, this old people, we can't see. Right. I just saw that she was sitting alone, but I can't make any details. And she laughed and she said, okay, well, I just turned around. And the person I was thinking of was right there laughing. She goes, oh, I can see you. And this isn't about, oh, our community is the best community. It's about, it's not that hard to, to, to get in and dig in and ask kids these questions. But again, that's not the concern here. And we already knew the killer. The moment this happened, I'm sure that you had in your mind a profile, character profile of the killer. We all did. 
when this pattern exists and pattern recognition is what saw us through uh, the COVID nightmare. It's how we knew day one, it was a scam, a swindle. And I've told you why I waited three days to say it was a swindle is because a company I deeply respect that gave me the privilege of a, of a radio show for about a decade said, hey, can you hold off on commentary for about three days? <laughs> and that was really hard for me. I get it. I understand. They didn't see things the way I did. Well, in this case, you knew. So the pattern recognition that this is continual, it's just the opposite of the gun thing. And let me give you the, why, why I say that. The media loves these shootings. They love them. They lap them up. They hope for them. They celebrate them when they happen. They'll, they'll, yeah, sure, it's sad. Some kids died, but baby, look, we get to do live shots. And the, the gun grabbers love this because they can scare everyone straight into the heart because it's random. Wow, this happened to someone else's kid, but it could happen to mine because it can happen anywhere. These things are both easy to see coming and not as easy to see coming as what's coming up in Chicago every weekend. And I know that's a cliche, but this is a firefighting scenario. I know there's going to be shootings in Chicago and St. Louis and Seattle and Washington, D.C. And the cops there, the gang in intervention cops, they know who's going to do the shooting. They have street intel early on that, oh, these guys, they, they have beef with these guys. This is likely to go down or there's this funeral and the gang members being buried and they're being put to rest. And what we hear is these guys, the East Side Crips, they're going to roll into this and they've got this intel. That stuff is so uniquely preventable. And of course, the party has no interest in actually preventing that because it's so very, very useful for them and so inconvenient that, that people of color are involved in that in a higher level. So they can't do that. It's the opposite here. The pattern across this nation is that young people's minds break and they go into these things. And the pattern of the broken minds always leaves behind the same exact breadcrumbs. No God, no connection to church, no connection to community. Signs early on of a deeply disturbed human being who does not get the help. So often people saying, man, someone someday that kid's going to shoot up the school. And then this presence of the almighty big pharma into this. And again, I don't have any proof that this kid was on pharma. Here's what's really, really inconvenient. This is from Dr. Paul Alexander on Substack. Um, the FBI, 61 active shooter incidents reported in 2021, 52% uh, jump. Remember that these data include things like people shooting outside schools. And not to say that's not scary. I've actually been involved in trying, in getting kids off a playground where there, where there was a car full of little gangsters shooting up the windows of uh, the elementary school at which I worked. Data suggests the highest number in months of June and on a Saturday in the areas of high commerce. And he makes an argument, and here it's very, very strong argument. I argue COVID, the COVID pandemic lockdowns and masks, even with people who are already mentally deranged and evil, has a role. In the USA, 31 active shooters, 2017, 30 in 2018, 30 in 2019, 40 in 2020, and 61 in 2021. There appears to be a dose-response relationship in this data. The number is stable around 30 per year and then jumps over 30% in 2020. Remember the nine months of these lockdowns and in 2020, then we see a 52% jump in 2021 when full year data is collected. This shows mass shooting was increasing during the years of the lockdown relative to prior non-lockdown years. And importantly, it went up in, uh, in 2021 with the full year data. Okay, that requires some digging into. It's directionally, it's directionally proportionate and it is predictable. But the lockdown simply made worse what is being done to kids anyway. <clears throat> the nature, let me say it this way. Have you ever discovered that you, you thought you had a great friend and it turned out that they were fake? Like they didn't care about you a bit. And they betrayed you. Or said things like, you actually thought I was your friend? Oh my gosh, no. 
I was only hanging out with you because I felt sorry for you. Or you remember when you're a kid, you hear someone talking behind your back? Oh, I know, he's so stupid. Oh my gosh, and that stupid shirt, he stinks, he's so... Oh, hi! You that kind of pain? The social media illusion is so sick. God said it is not good that man be alone. God's in or the Lord after Pentecost saw that the early Christians broke bread together, ate bread together uh, with glad and sincere hearts regularly. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And if you read the full paragraph, it's not about they did it on Sunday once per month. It was about a brotherhood and a sisterhood and a family. But the social media illusion, this should be making me happy. And it has a consequence beyond this. And this is so, so unnoticed. You'll tell kids, go get friends. Honey, I want you to have friends. Or to this young man, hey, let's get you connected with some friends. And they can tell you, oh, screw you, old man. I have 600 friends. I have 6,000 friends. Friends don't do anything. You don't know anything, old man. You, you don't have 6,000 friends. You don't have 600. You don't have 60. I wonder if you have six or even one. And you add to this the lockdowns. And you add to this an economy that is being snuffed out. And you add to this the message. You live, you die, you're gone. But you scored some hits on the way out. You add to this a hugely funded effort driven by at least two pedophiles and one man who thinks he's a woman who also believes he's transhuman and wants to push transhumanism. The Pritzker family, yeah, that Pritzker family, the governor of Illinois, his brother, the Pritzker family who moved their investments, as I recall. There's an article in the Free Beacon. I, I'll put in, I'll put a, well, I've linked to it about a thousand times about the rich white men who are creating a trans empire based on junk science. The Pritzker family made an interesting move, as I recall. Uh, so did some of the other families that are pushing this, this mental health assault on kids. They moved their monies out of hotels and into medical surgical supply companies and pharma. wonder why. Why would that be? The um, Alan Soap story is yet a... Uh, see, again, I don't plan these things. I didn't know that Alan's was coming up. I just glanced down at the computer. <laughs> um, we're talking about going to troubled kids ahead of time and looking at the data and saying, this is such a pattern. What if instead of let's sit back and blame the scissors for the abortion uh, and the gun for the murders, what if we actually got ahead of the stream and preserved life by talking about how valuable it is and treating it that way? That's Alan Soaps at alanssoaps.com, A-L-A-N-S, soaps.com slash Todd. That's the story, the meta story, the big narrative. Alan can't work, they say. Well, he's the chief soap officer. He's not useful. He's a useless eater, they say. Is he? He has designed some of the most unique soap scents, all of them subtle, all of them with all natural ingredients, all of them produced with the help of a family that has produced soaps in America for three, no, not in America, for two generations in America. They came from the old country and brought their recipes over. 
And when I talk about scents, I'm talking about things like cedarwood jasmine and vanilla lime and lavender rosemary, all of these small batch. Alan can't work. Oh, he's the chief soap officer. He's a useless eater. Is he? Because he creates these bars of soaps with his his father. And here's the life part. This is the life part. More companies like Alan Soaps, A-L-A-N-S, Soaps, A-L-A-N-S, Soaps.com slash Todd. More companies like this, more young people like Alan, who though they are on the spectrum on a very, very profound way, have work. More companies like this and maybe some companies that begin to employ young kids with mental health issues. Alan's a very happy young man. He's nonverbal, but very happy. Maybe companies like this begin to employ people like this to to value life at an earlier age and we don't end up in this circumstance. Oh, by the way, the soap is amazing. (laughs) It is. The Herminator sub, you get six bars of soap. You get a soap rack, a soap pouch, and a fluff all at a 10% savings. The only way to do it, allensoaps.com slash Todd. The mental health, uh, the attack on mental health in our country is so unbelievably disturbing. It's so, so pronounced. It's so well-funded. This is an ad from the ridiculously named Human Rights Campaign. Um, this campaign came together. There are is a, there is at least one pedophile and, a, and, a, and a, another person. I don't know if they they pled to being a pedophile, but they've got this background in this group. One actual pedophile for sure on the leadership team of the Human Rights Campaign. And the human rights campaign went behind the scenes with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And they started selling, tell kids they're in the wrong body, give them hormone blockers, create a whole new wave of kids because in the sick mind of these people, they get to modify DNA because they got it better than God. Because I mean, Hey, look, who wants to be in God's image when you can be in the image of the Pritzker family? It's the Pritzker family be in the image of big pharma. They boil a, they, they boil this all down into the very deception that Satan used with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Surely you won't die. The deception here in this ad that's so well produced is going around the country. And of course it's going to be seen by the left as this simple statement of compassion. And the simple statement of someone who just loves children so, so very deeply and is simply and only concerned about the kids. It's a playground scene. Sixth sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade kids, some fourth graders bouncing the ball. Political theme. To be with my friends. To make new friends. To have fun. Because I love it. I play. To try something new. To push myself. To be part of a team. Team on three. Ready? I play. To belong. I play. To have fun. Some of the kids. Transgender kids want to play too. Yeah. Let us play. Transgender kids want to play too. Let us play. Yeah, did you did you get it? Everybody got it? We're all interested in making sure that kids who are confused about their gender or who have been conned by both Satan and Big Pharma and the sexual left, the party, in other words, into believing they're in the wrong body. We don't want them to play because we hate them. Kids who've been victimized, we hate them. That's what they're selling. So if this young man, this murderer in Texas, if he did wear eyeshadow, And according to heavy.com, he did. Doesn't make him gender confused or gender rebellious. It doesn't make him same sex attracted. I don't have any information on that, but I have the information about the bullying. What's, what are these grifters at the human rights campaign telling him? Look, your only hope 
just have your uh, your body mutilated. Then you'll be happy. The worsening of mental health continues at a pace that is breathtaking. And you already knew the killer. You had a profile in your mind. I did. Anyone who's honest did. People who were conned by the media were praying in their form of prayer that it's a white person. But the data, the data are these. The YouGov America sometimes does some decently balanced polls. Millennials are the loneliest generation. The social media generation is the one that feels the most alone. New data from YouGov finds that millennials report feeling lonely much more often than their Gen X and baby boomer counterparts. While 30% of millennials say they always or often feel lonely, just one in five members of Generation X says the same, even fewer baby boomers. 15% report that. Millennials are also more likely to in the older generation to report they have no acquaintances. 25% of millennials say this is the case. No friends, no close friends, no best friends. However, a majority of millennials do report they have at least one best friend. Nearly half, 49%, they have, uh, say they have between one and four close friends. It's the loneliest generation in history, according to this. There's loneliness in the workplace. Cigna reports on the incredible level of loneliness. When employees and employers work together to combat loneliness, everyone wins. Of course, Cigna's job is to make money pitching these things to companies. And here's how you get people to be less lonely. Oh, like what? Like seeing human faces? The same people screaming with utter rage about the objects. The objects did it. Covered the faces of a generation of babies and blocked from the view of a generation of babies, the human face. We already knew this killer. He had trouble connecting. He had trouble forming close bonds. He was just weird. He could never really connect. In other words, maybe he lacked empathy. You don't pull a mass murderer and not lack empathy if you have any at all, any empathy. You don't. Do this. Everything the party does, everything the party does, is making mental health worse. And they will continue to make it worse because they themselves are ill with the desire for power and control. God left us a recipe book. It is not good that man is alone. He told us to break bread and be together. He told us to give our troubled thoughts to him. He told us that a man who does not care for his family and feed his family and raise his family is lost and is sinful. And he told us that apart from him, separate from the branch, we the, we're, we're twigs. And this, this killer was a twig. And I can guess where his soul resides. The sickness seems so overwhelming. (laughs) And yet the fix. The biggest mistake I've ever made in my life was giving my daughter a phone at a young age. And then not realizing that another kid had given her a completely unlocked phone when she had one. Never give your kids a phone until they're 16 or 17, ever. Please, I beg you. 
don't do it. Of not being in community. My biggest, second biggest mistake was raising our single daughter. Well, outside of a community, my own desire for a view home. Well, quite a view we had. Please don't do that. Please raise within communities. I, I, I regret not having asked my mother to come and live with us on a daily basis, not a daily basis, but a regular basis. Or moving to live next door to my sister and her kids or, or to Utah with my, 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 my wife's family. Or of not having my daughter. Yeah, yeah, you're going to go to church camp again and again. And you didn't like it the first two years. And guess what? You're going to go the third year again because you're going to figure out how within a sea of kids in a weird environment to form friends or, or making um, a, a sports into the great icon I made it. Into this great icon. We stopped singing together as a family. I stopped playing guitar and singing songs. And I'm one person and the least important person in this podcast. And all of you are far more important. (sighs) You know what the crazy thing is? The fix is fun. Man, that's the crazy thing. Man, I love my church events. I love my prayer group. Kids who grow together can stay together. The fix is fun. God is not just pro-speech. He's not just pro-life. He's not just pro-responsibility. God doesn't say that you're going to be happy all the time if you come to him. But dang it, God is pro-fun. He invented it. We knew this killer. I remember wondering, could he, before he decided to murder people and for that will probably rot in hell. When was the last time he had fun? And when the families who lost their kids, how in the name of God will they have fun again? Only with God. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please be well, be strong, be kind. And Holy Father in heaven, Lord God, please awaken the people who are running things in this country to look at the very clear pattern. We knew who this kid would be. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I would ask you to please embrace the families of these fallen children with the Holy Spirit surrounding them day and night, never leaving them. Lord, let them know that they're loved and that we hurt because the body of Christ hurts. That's this thing, these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus.